So I says to him, I'm a super trucker too. I drove 2,000 miles last week in a yard, Juggy. You know what sucks? Shopping for truckers insurance. You know what sucks more? Not having it. You want to know how to fix that? Call 800-347-5373 and let the trucking insurance experts at Rev help you get the coverage you need without breaking the bank. Rev specializes in providing insurance of all types to small fleet owners and independent owner operators. Whether local, short haul, or long haul, Rev Insurance can get you covered at a price that fits your budget. From liability damages and cargo to workers' compensation and surety bonds, Rev has your back while you're out there on the road. Call 800-347-5373 or visit www.revinsurance.com. That's R-E-V-I-N-S. U-R-A-N-C-E dot com. That's 800-347-5373. Rev Insurance knows truckers because they only work with truckers. Hey drivers, are you thinking about becoming a lease operator? Well, NCI is leasing out one to two-year-old Kenworth T680 double bunk condo tractors, fully loaded with APU and fridge, plus the company is owned by their own product. That's right, they deliver mainly their own freight, which means your business will be thriving for a long time to come. 844-311-7076. That's 844-311-7076. 7076 and tell them Talk CDL sent you. Please, thank you. Hey, truck drivers, I want to talk to you real quick about an invention that was invented by a trucker for truckers. It's a tool called Magnus Stop. Basically, if you want to slide your axles hassle-free without needing any help, it's a little 4 by 5 inch tool. It utilizes a pin and a magnet. Crazy simple. I'm surprised nobody ever invented it before. Anyways, you merely stop, get out, pull your pin, Put your Magnus Stop device in the hole right beside the hole you want it to stop at. Then you either pull forward or you back up. Magnus Stop stops you exactly where you need to be stopped every single time. It's durable. It's very affordable. It's $49.95. If you mention Talk CDL online in the promo code, you get $10 off. So it's now only $39.95 for Talk CDL viewers which is an awesome, awesome deal. Magnus Stop is the tool you need today, and you can get it at magnusstop.online. That's M-A-G-N-A-S-T-O-P dot online. Check it out and let us know here at TalkCDL how that product is working out for you. Thank you. Oh, and it's also free shipping and handling. It doesn't get any better than that. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. You could always read me uh, my Miranda rights. I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I've never been read them before, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have those memorized. I'd have to get, them, get my cheat sheet to, to read those off. Thankfully, I don't have to read those too often. Well, that's great. I, I Honestly, yeah. I think that would be good, right? 
Wow, that's yeah. actually, you just opened up a whole new can of worms right down with questions. <laughs> <laughs> Trooper Hoover, how you doing? This is Troy with Talk CDL. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you very much. You're kind of like our official favorite Facebook DOT officer. <laughs> well, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. We've, we've got so many questions. You know, we kind of don't have like a dialogue here. We just, it's a, a lot better when it just comes from the heart and... You know, we've been watching a lot of your videos and uh, the way you actually do treat truck drivers with a lot of respect. It really amazed us. And, uh, you know, we've been following you ever since then. And, and uh, we're, we're I think it's going to be official, Ruth, and he is the number one talk CDL DOT officer. He is. He is. And I'll, I'll tell you, that's that's a it's a very high rank right there. Well, thank you. Thank you. That means a lot. So Trooper Hoover, let's if if we can, let's just ask if we if you don't mind, we'd like to ask you a couple questions about you personally. Like, for example, how long have you been a trooper? Well, um, I just passed my fifteenth uh, year with the Indiana State Police. Uh, my anniversary date was October twenty fourth, so that marked uh, my fifteenth year. So now my official technical title is Master Trooper, which basically just means I've been on fifteen years. So. Sounds well, like a I'm a I'm a second generation, so basically my uh, my father was on the Indiana State Police, so that's kind of what got me steered steered toward uh, becoming a state trooper. Wow, that's really cool! Second generation cop, Master Archie. Trooper Hoover, Master. He's like a sensei. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so then, of course, we we have inquiring minds here at Talk CDL want to know how long have you been. Officially, are you or have you actually been DOT the entire fifteen years? No, not. Um, I've been. Gosh, I'm wanting to say it. It's getting ready to turn. I think January of 2020. It's going to be ten years. So I've spent um, spent two thirds of my career in the commercial vehicle division. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, we we actually come from a family of truckers ourselves, and Believe it or not, we had a dedicated run from Pennsylvania to Chicago for three and a half years. So we used to run Indiana every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's oh, yeah. been 20-some years, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What part of Indiana are you in? Well, um, currently I'm in uh, the Putnamville State Police District, which is Terre Haute, is our closest scale facility that I work at some days. Because um, in, in, I'm more of a roving, the troopers. We're kind of assigned road duties, and then it's nice to have the scales because, especially with it getting cold out and stuff, uh, smart DOT bear never goes hungry, gets <laughs> wet or gets cold. So it's nice to have a fixed scale with a barn to be able to bring trucks in and and do that there. So, or as a trucker would call it, a den that the bear exactly, den. <laughs> exactly, bear den, chicken coop. Uh, he knows them all. Uh, Thomas Mahal is the other inspectors call it because our Terre Haute uh, scales is about our biggest, probably one of our bigger facilities and one of our nicest laid out facilities. So we're we're pretty lucky we're we're on that. How did when you said about with roaming sometimes with the scales? Did you uh, did you use the portable scales often? And if you did, how did you enjoy using them? Um, yes, I do have uh, portable scales that are issued to me, um, and and 
I I like just the flexibility of it. Um, with anything, there's um, kind of kind of fish. It, it's kind of like fishing, you know. Um, you you have your favorite little fishing spots where mm-hmm. you get get some good ones, but if you sit there and you fish it too often, you fish things out. They so, start they start knowing where you're at. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So so I so I always love it. I like to. Uh, I like to uh, scan the CB channels, and they'll be like, oh, they're setting up here, and then me and the guy will load up real quick and change. So when the next sneaky. round of trucks come through, we, we're sitting somewhere else. So You're a sneaky like one. Everybody guessing. <laughs> but, now, let's be honest, though. You know, your videos that, that you put out on the uh, Indiana State Police or State Patrol uh, mm-hmm. the videos you put out really show the highest respect for truckers. I mean, I got to just, I got to give you those props. I mean, because look, I'll, I'll just start off by saying now you, you, you obviously know that there's, you know, it's always been us against them type of, uh, attitude with truck drivers, you know, uh, when it comes to cops or, or it comes to, uh, the DOT, especially because they're, they're the truck cops basically. So, you know, when you put out those videos, I mean, I hardly see you early writing anybody up. You're more teaching them, you know, Hey, look, you, you pull them over. I see. And, and a lot of times they have a violation. You could have written them up, and and you're more showing them what they did wrong. And and I I would imagine you must have a lot of truck drivers that are more friends with you a lot. Would you Would you agree? I it, yes yes I do. Sometimes to the point when I've got a truck stopped. Um, a perfect example. I stopped one the other day and had three three big trucks drive by and honk at me. <laughs> um, you know, and <laughs> to where I. I say, yeah, I, I've got a lot of friends out here, and I think a lot of it comes down to just getting back to the basics. You know, I'm, I'm real strong in my faith, and one of the big things is you treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and my favorite little saying is, you know, like I, I had a driver one time, he, he just was looking at me funny, and I'm like, what, do I have oil on my head or, you know, did I drop a piece of, you know, like what, what's going on? And he's like, he goes, I've never had somebody talk to me this professional before. And I said, I looked at him. I said, well, you're not sitting at home making meth in your garage, are you? You know, stealing everybody's stuff. <laughs> you're, you're, you're actually out here. You're, you're, you're working, you're, you're providing for your family and everything else. And I'm like, why, why immediately, you know, have that, have that chip on my shoulder. I mean, and, and I'm not saying that there's days that I, I'm, I don't wake up and I'm in a bad mood, but I, I try to approach it as, you know what? That driver has no clue what's going on in my life. I have no clue what's going on in his life. So why not approach it with the best, most positive attitude and just let them dictate the, dictate the situation. So that's a, that's a very um, professional way of looking at it too. And, and I'm not scared to, you know, flat out call them, call them out on it sometimes. You know, why are you being a butthead about this? What? Oh, well, I was stopped three years ago in Texas and wrote this and this and this. Well, guess what? You know, you're not in Texas anymore. <laughs> you know, give, give me a chance to, to work through this. And then by the end of it, we're shaking hands and, you know, so it, it, it's just, and I think with anybody, it doesn't matter what you do. If you approach things with the right attitude, you're going to see positive results. Right. So, and 
in our industry is so interconnected. Like you guys said earlier, you know, um, with, with the way the trucking industry is, all the regulations, you've got your own police force out there um, trying to make it a safer, safer thing. Um, so why not work together? And in my view is with these videos, um, and I'll explain some uh, most time to the drivers. I said, hey, you know, I, I saw something. Um, I shoot videos. I put them on Facebook. I don't list any. And, and you guys hopefully can back me up. You've never seen a company name. You've never seen heard me call out a driver name because I, I don't believe in that. That's not that's not what it's about. It's not about shaming anyone. It's just about getting this information out there, educating these drivers, and just letting them know, hey, you know, my my goal is not to write a bunch of tickets, not to do all this. It's to make make things safer, make sure they get home, make sure I get home, and our families get home. Mm-hmm. So well, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's not only just a professional way of looking at it, but it's also human, you know, it's a, a very human way of looking at it. And like you said, it, in your faith, that's, that's a good way of looking at it that way because it does state in the Bible to, you know, always do things the, the proper way of loving your neighbor. And you can't, you can't sit there and, and love your neighbor. If you're going to sit there and trash them constantly or, or hurt them, you know, out in the field, especially if you're taking safety in, in, into effect. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's just the biggest thing. It's like, you know, <laughs> try to treat somebody right. You know, I've, I've done just as many roadside counseling sessions, you know. I remember I hadn't been doing the truck thing but about a year and stopped this kid on a Friday afternoon and and he just, you know, it was one cuss word after another, why are you picking on me? What what you know, and I'm just like, Come here, buddy. Calm down. What is going on? You know, mm-hmm. what is the matter? You know? And come to find out is his wife of Six years, three kids, called him up on Monday, said she was packing up, leaving him, and hadn't paid the bills in six, you know. So poor guy, he had a lot on his shoulders, and I think I was just kind of the final straw that week that broke the camel's back. And, mm-hmm. he, just, and, and he was almost tears apologizing. I'm like, bud, I, I don't, it, it, that's water under the bridge, you know. Uh, you've got things going on. I've got things going on. And at that point, it was more about talking to him and being a friendly shoulder for him to kind of, you know, tell his troubles too. And he left, he left feeling better, and I left feeling better. And hopefully, he's out there somewhere doing well, and and maybe we can bump into one another again. But, mm-hmm. but, and I think with anything that it, with just society in general, we've lost that. Um, being human, especially <laughs> in society, we did. We we've lost the factor of being human to one another and and just being nice. Uh, everything is is cruel a lot of times and just wanting to demean another person. So, you you what you're trying to do is show them a proper way of doing things, but you're also saving their life more than likely because if they're certain things are rusted, um, the one video, you know, certain things you're you're saving them from from further trouble down the road and and you're exactly right um because 
because there's so many people, and and I get this a lot. I'll, I'll post something on Facebook, and then I always love it because I'll sit there, and, and when I say love it, I'm being sarcastic, but I always sit there and just set a timer and go, okay, I'm just waiting on the first person to tell me I'm just out here to write tickets. I'm just out here as a revenue, or I'm just out here. And, and like this one, I just flat out, it's like, it, whether I stop five trucks or 500 trucks in a month, it doesn't get me the free toaster. <laughs> it doesn't get me the baseball tickets. It doesn't, you know. It, and, of course, being a police officer, I always get this question, well, have you ever drawn your gun on somebody? And it's like, no. <laughs> and hopefully after 25 years, I can say I've never never had to do that. That's awesome. And just, and just like my stretch of highway, if I can say in the 20-some years I patrolled it, we never had a serious fatal accident that resulted from, you know, I mean, accidents are going to happen, don't get me wrong, but if I can say, you know, my stretch of highway didn't have any serious mechanical failure accident in in my stretch of time, then then that's what it's all about, you know. Right. I'm, I'm going to look back on the end of my career and, I'm not going to have a plaque on the wall and say, congratulations, I wrote 5,000 tickets. I'm going to be like, you know what? I worked, you know, I worked no fatals on my stretch of highway. Right. So. That's, that's, a better, that's a better plaque anyways. But you did answer one of our questions there saying about the gun. So, you know, yay, Trooper Hoover never, Master Trooper Hoover never had to uh, draw his gun before. So. Sensei. <laughs> it's a, yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, we've, gosh, we got so many questions. We actually put up a post the other day. And we asked mm-hmm. some, you know, we have a, a little bit of, of a following on Facebook. I think, what are we at, 330-some thousand right then? And wow. Yeah. So we put up a little post asking, we said, hey, we're interviewing an Indiana state trooper. And, of course, you know, you're going to get the goofball questions. But um, we, we got one guy that asked, uh, uh, what was that first question right then? What is the number one violation that you find? That was from Tom. Yeah, from Tom what? We'll put his name up there. Tom Judson. Tom Judson asked, what is the number one violation that you find more than any? Um, probably the biggest thing that we find is rubbing chafing airlines. And, wow. this, and, and there's two ways to look at this. We're being extremely picky. You know, we get those drivers, oh, you know, you're just being picky. But in all honesty, and I'm a I'm a Part B instructor, which means with the National Training Center. So that basically means I float around to different states. I, I instruct you know new new inspectors on how to inspect commercial motor vehicles. So um, that's even something that we tell them and talk with them about. So probably that's one of the biggest things is rubbing chafing airlines. Um, and two, when I do safety talks to, with trucking companies, with drivers, I really focus on them. I'm like, guys, you know, you're, you're worried about CSA. You're worried about getting stopped. You're worried about violations. You're worried about this. Here's the, basically, here's the answer key. Here's when we're, when I teach these guys, when I work with guys, when I'm doing my truck inspections, I'm looking for these types of things. And, and one of those biggest things is rubbing, chafing airlines. That's a major so, safety too. So yeah, I noticed on a lot of the the patrol sites, not just yours, but every state patrol, they're real big on the move over law, 
And a, a lot Absolutely. of a lot of cops are in danger out there. You know, you pull somebody over. Sometimes you can't get all the way off the highway trying to help somebody. Maybe um, have you had any close calls? You're I mean, you had to have had some anybody scrape your car. I mean, I've got so many videos of cop cars being scraped by a, either a truck or a car, just not paying attention. Um, thankfully, I, I've had I've had a few blow kind of the the. What we call it is like when we're sitting around the lunch table and, you know, we're sitting there, well, I had one blow my doors off or something is our phrase. But I've had a few uh, come by, rattle rattle the car when I've been in it. Um, thankfully, knock on wood, um, I've not had any close, close calls. But that is something that, um, and a lot of it is, <laughs> there's the two kind of categories. There's the distracted, out-of-state person that's like, well, I didn't know this or I didn't know that. Or um, you get a lot what I call <laughs> the older generation, the, the gray hairs that follow the white line to the grocery store. <laughs> They're not going to move <laughs> over for anything type thing. Um, you know, so they can barely see above the steering wheel. And it's like, oh boy, this one ain't going to move over. Um, but but that's that's just the biggest thing is you know if you and and all the time I get this well I bet you wish you could write tickets for people being stupid and it's like we we can <laughs> you know every time you're stupid and you break you know break something but that's just common sense move over create that room slow down um, my biggest suggestion if if you're in a big truck you see something going on and you always get that dang car that's not moving over at least slow down, throw on the four-way flashers, reduce your speed. That lets us know, hey, you're trying, mm -hmm. you're slowing down, you're aware of what's going on. Right. You know, that's just that, it's just that little simple thing is going to let us know if we look up and we see that truck barreling down the road and we see him start to slow down, throw on his four-ways, letting traffic know, hey, something's going on. You know, in, in my opinion, that does a lot to kind of put me at ease. It goes, okay, that driver sees me and, you know, has a handle of handle of the situation. Right. He's at least aware that you're up there, even if he can't get over. He's you're he's aware and, is, like you said, slowing down and, and trying to show some kind of awareness to the drivers behind him. Exactly. And, and, and I've seen it. I've seen it. You know, you get that car. But starts busting around him. They see lights. They hit. They hit the brakes, and then they hang out right there in the left lane. And it's right. like, come on, either speed up and give me room to move over, or do something. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh. I have another uh, question. Yeah. Um, that yeah. is it a viewer question? It's a viewer question. Sean, Sean Norfleet asked, um, "Are there certain trucking companies that are always targeted?" Now, and without even naming the trucking company. Because mm -mm. we don't we don't usually name them unless they're really doing bad things. But that's a good question. Is there because when I was a driver, I remember you, there was always certain trucking companies that we always heard if you're driving for them, you're going to get pulled in. Um, with with the I'll just keep this short and simple. Uh, with the with where I work, um, I I have my favorites. If if you know what I mean by that, mm -hmm. that. Um, if, if I want to, if it's a nice day and I want to go crawl a truck and get a lot of violations, I know which ones to stop and get those on. When you're trying um, to get to your toaster. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I got to get 
three more three more good ones for the month, and the wife gets the free toaster. So. But uh, but but no, um, in, in local areas, uh, each of the inspectors we have kind of we we know our area that we run in, but a lot of it has to do with CSA scores and company safety ratings, um, and a lot of our dedicated patrols are just and there are dedicated patrols that just go out, work scale houses, and they'll basically screen trucks as they come in. If they've got a high safety score, they're looking at the safety score. If they've got high hours of service violations, those are definitely the ones we're pulling in, taking an extra few minutes going, okay, do you have your ELD device? Is it an ELD? Is it an ABLD? Mm -hmm. Do you have this? Do you have that? Let's go through things and really giving those a little bit harder of a, of a look. Trooper Hoover, Trooper Hoover, are the, yes, sir. are the bucket trucks, do you find them to be more higher in violations than, like, say, your dry vans and your reefers, you know, like your, your uh, end dumps and things like that, hopper bottoms? Um, a lot of it comes down to the company and their dedication to maintenance. Um, I have had... The dirtiest, roughest, oldest piece of equipment come through. And if you can't tell, I'm pretty particular on my trucks. And and at the end of the inspection, I'm frustrated because I'm like, there's got to be something on this truck. <laughs> but I can't find anything. And then I've had those brand new trucks come through and I'm placing them out of service. So a lot of it is the, the driver, the owner-operator, the maintenance department and how much effort they put into it—it's—it's it's not impossible. I and I understand it takes a little bit of money, but that money is so well spent when you focus on a good maintenance program. So what so, you're what you're saying is you can't judge a, a truck by its cover. A, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, and and there's been times you know training the new guy, and I'll say. Stop that truck. And he's like, why? It's brand new. Just stop it. I got my spidey senses are tingling. (laughs) And then he'll come back to the car with a big grin on his face. And he's like, you're not going to believe this. The airline was broken. It was gushing air. Hmm. There you go. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's just freak things can happen. And you got to be aware of that and work work around that. But, but yeah, just focusing on pre-trips maintenance taking care of little things before they become big things. That was one thing Martin really the key. Martin Ferrant asked, how long is the pre-trip post-trip supposed to be? Um, and, and my biggest thing, I've, I've been asked that, it's how long does it take you to feel that you covered the truck and you've done it appropriately? So um, in the, in this last year, I went and got my Class A CDL and went through the whole pre-trip scenario. Basically went through whatever, because I wanted that experience. Mm -hmm. I wanted to go through and and see what the guys go through. And and I tell you what, if you want to make your uh, CDL tester kind of scratch his head, start spouting off federal codes, in the middle of your pre-trip, and he'll look at you funny. Because <laughs> it's but, ones uh, he don't even know probably anymore. <laughs> but but I, I I played it off as I uh, he had no clue who I was, and I didn't advertise nothing because 
I was going to be embarrassed as hell if I failed, but <laughs> I passed. And, That's but, a good reason to keep shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I wore the dirty sweatshirt and blue jeans and, <laughs> and uh, had about a four-day four day beard going on, so I was playing the part up. But, but to, getting back to the original question, if you're an owner-operator and that is your truck and your trailer and you look at that thing every day, you're going to be able to do that pre-trip probably five, ten minutes because you're familiar with that truck. You're familiar with that trailer. But if you're a guy that's uh, jumping seats, if you're a guy, um, that, guy or gal that's hooking on to random trailers, grabbing them and going, in my opinion, you're going to need to do a longer pre-trip. You're really going to have to look that equipment over because that owner-operator, that, that's his truck, that's his trailer. It's never been separated in five years. He could tell you, you know, he could tell you what nut and bolt goes where, and especially the new folks, focus on that good pre-trip, mm-hmm. you know. Or, or when I do my, you know, getting trucking companies together and go through things, I'm like, these areas that I'm going through, you may not need to check every single day, but just check them once a week really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe first thing Monday morning, you check all your tires really hard and make sure there's none, none bald, nothing like that. Of course, you're going to kick them and check your air pressure stuff like that throughout the week. But just kind of pick another area. Hey, I'm going to really look the suspension over. I'm going to kind of get down and look at the brakes. Just different things like that. So. Can you tell if a driver, if he's been doing his pre-trip and, you know, he has good maintenance on his truck, but for one whatever reason, you know how you always hear, oh, that just happened because I always do my pre Can you actually tell by your instincts from doing it so long? I don't think he knows that a bulb just went out. Um, <laughs> actually, I have seen a bulb go out before and stop him. And that was, he, I go, dude, I'm, I'm stopping you just to let you know your left headlight just burned out. He just kind of looked at me funny. But, <laughs> but, but no, there, there is. And, and I, I always use this, uh, I carry, I love the little yellow notepad, the memo notepads. And, and the way I start doing my stuff I, is I start finding things, I'm writing them down on my notepad. And the first, one of the first questions I ask after I say, hey, Good morning, good afternoon, whatever. Just doing a real quick truck inspection. Um, and if I've got my notepad filled, I'm going to ask him, did you do your pre-trip this morning? And and what I'm doing, I'm kind of gauging. Because by his answer, oh, yeah, I, I, I did one. Everything looked great. And I'm sitting here going, but I got a half pad of notepad <laughs> with stuff that's like bold tires, loose lug nuts, you know. Right. Crack frames, this and that stuff you should have caught. But those guys that go, yeah, you, there's a marker light back there that's not been, you know, or we got a tire that's getting pretty low. It's Friday. Boss has got one on order. We're going to get it new on Monday. You know, when I get those type of answers, that tells me that they're they're on top of things. Mm-hmm. They're looking at things. They're judging things. What's... And then, sorry, go ahead. I was, no, just, go ahead. I was gonna say what's the highest amount of violations on one vehicle that you have? Oh gosh. Um what's your record number? 
<laughs> yeah, but I, I did have a three pager one time. Holy I cow. think that was about that was about thirty violations. <laughs> um, and and those those are ones you always tell the rookies. Um, that's your Friday afternoon truck. It's about one o'clock. You're ready to go home, and you think, oh, I'll do one more. And then your wife's calling you at about four thirty-five, going, "Are you okay? You're not home yet." You're going, "Oh crap! I've been under this truck for two and a half hours." So. <laughs> Um, and, and yeah, those are just the, like I said, those are the big fish you get that you start off, get, you got your driver's license with you. Well, there's a story behind that. Okay. You got your medical. Well, that's why I don't have my CDL cause my, you know, yeah. you have your truck registration. Well, <laughs> I, I don't have the plates, you know, and then by the end of it, everything's being impounded and towed and a bad day for, for him and being a rookie or back here high five and going, all right, we got a big one, but, but, uh, no, that, that's kind of, kind of been my personal high is a three page. So just going on this, these high violations, uh, drivers, have you actually ever run into a driver that just looked at you and said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been telling the owner of this company he needs to get these tires fixed and these brakes and this and that. And this is the only job I can get. And and this is what I'm I'm having to put up with. Because we know there are drivers out there that maybe they had a tougher time. Maybe they messed up in their past. And so the only company that's going to hire them is a a company that's maybe less than par. And, uh, you know, they're stuck running their raggedy, crappy equipment. Have you had anybody that actually said, you know, Trooper, I'm, I'm just telling you, yeah, yeah, I knew this stuff was here, but I've got no choice, and I've been begging these guys to fix it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I have, and uh, I was even on a stop finishing up one, had a truck pull up behind me, and went back, checked on him. He goes, can I get an inspection? <laughs> he goes, boss will not fix anything. Oh, awesome. And and I said, absolutely, pull on up here, and got talked to him, and and. You know, he was he was one of the few that I've ever had actually pat me on the back and say thank you for putting me out of service. Wow! He's like, now I've got now I've got this paperwork. It is going to force him to fix it, and and those are scary. Mm-hmm. Those are scary because, um, but yeah, and we've had people come into the scales and volunteer. You know, hey, would you guys look at these tires? The boss says they're good, but. I'm, I'm saying I don't agree with them, and and we're like, yeah, they're they're going to place you out of service. And he's like, you know what? I got a sandwich and a thermos full of coffee. I, I'm tired anyway. I'll sit here for ten hours and wait, make them put tires on. So that is something that you know we have have had in the past. Yes. Okay, so I want to switch gears. There's mm-hmm. been two topics that we've been just tearing it up for the last year with. And, and I'm, I don't know if you're an expert on it, so I'm going to ask you. If you and if you're not an expert in this field, just say I'm not really an expert and I'll move on. But let's talk about gun laws. The gun laws okay. with, with truckers. First off, Ruth and I are both, we're, we're, uh, we both carry. And uh, I, I believe there's 38 states, I believe, that recognize the Florida permit. We're out of Florida. Um, now, as far as a truck driver goes, first off, is Indiana a state that recognizes do, is is carrying a firearm uh, concealed in Indiana? Is it legal? First off, yes. Okay, yes, it's legal. Uh, and I'm wanting to say Indiana is pretty gun permit friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yes, um, 
something to something to remember on that is it, it there's no federal laws against it. You can carry or have a firearm in a commercial motor vehicle. You just have to make sure whatever state you're in, your permit is good. And then if you're a, a company driver, you got to make sure that your company is aware of it and that they permit firearms in the vehicles. Um, that's not so much on our enforcement side of things. That's just the tips that I throw out there because um, with these trucks that the company company owned vehicles, the companies can reach out and put restrictions on that. So just make sure you check your company on those those guidelines as well. If a driver if you pull a driver over, he comes into scales, you notice he has a gun or he reveals it and you know that the company doesn't permit it. So do you have to enforce now the company rules and, and do something about that? Or do you report it? How does that work? No, um, really, to be honest, I don't, I wouldn't know if companies um, allow it. Um, my thing is the first and foremost is, um, does he have a permit? Is he valid to, to have that in his possession? And it basically, in in my opinion, at that point in time, it stops. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. I don't worry about anything else um, because I'm there to enforce Indiana law, federal motor carrier laws, and when it comes to company policy, that's not something we were concerned with. Now, it, uh, and I may ask the question: Is your company aware of this being in the truck? Yes or no? You may just want to be careful. And I'm, I warn them about that to say, hey, make sure, you know, you do have permission or something like that on the company side of things because you just you don't want to get in a in a thing where something goes on and you think you're in the right. And next thing you know, company says, sorry, we violate policy and kicking you out, you know. That was a quick answer, man. We've been debating this because you wouldn't believe. You, now, you know how everybody's kind of the, the the couch quarterback um, and mm-hmm. as truckers we all know everything which we really know nothing but it's, I just named my daughter a 12 12 at all yeah she's a 12 at all she knows it all but yeah but what's yeah. what's funny is you hear everybody spouting off on Facebook and on social media oh no it's illegal for a truck it's federal law you can't do this you can't do that and realistically it's it, it is you know you're saying Indiana recognizes it's legal to have it in the truck as as long as you're not you're going against your company rules it is legal to have your loaded pistol in the truck as long as you have your permit with you so that settles so you file he says you follow the the state that you're in as far as with the permit and, yeah. and what the regulations are for yeah. that and and something I want to throw out there to listeners is and of course the next debate is well, am I required to tell the officer or not tell the officer? Good question. And I, and, and I want to put out there, and I want to stress with guys, just be honest. Just be truthful. When I walk up, um, don't uh, – enforcement, law enforcement, when it comes to guns, stuff like that, don't let us be surprised. <laughs> I, I, and, and I want to run a scenario by you. I stop you. I come walking around, come up. Honestly, I would personally love to hear the first words out of your mouth go, hey, Trooper, just let you know, I do have a gun permit, and I do have a gun in the truck. 
I'm going to look at you and say, okay, thank you for that information. Where's your gun located? It's in the sleeper under the bunk or it's here on my hip. At that point in time, the way I look at it, that's fine. You leave yours where yours is. I'm going to leave mine where mine is, and we're going to part ways happy, okay? But the ones that they get up or turn to get something, and then we see that pistol on their hip, or, you know, they go to open the glove box and it's there, or it's laying on the floor and it surprises us, things may go down very differently. So just kind of keep that in mind. Wouldn't it be so much easier just to tell them, be up front, and have everybody on the same page, or run the risk of things going south and going different? So, so if anybody's out there listening, just be up front. Just let that officer know, hey, here's what I got. Here's where it's at. Put the ball in our court and let it go. Let it go that way. Because we're well within our rights and our means to say, take the secure the weapon, run it, make sure it's not stolen, that type of stuff. But you're going to get it right back, type thing. Uh, me personally, if things start getting a little hinky, then I'll handle things differently. But if things are going right, then we're going to handle it a certain way. So that's just something I wanted to put out there as another little advisory on on this topic. Yeah, I, I was pulled over in Louisiana. And if you remember, Ruthann, mm-hmm. the first thing I said to the officer was, hey, I'm, uh, I carry, uh, I, I have a permit and I have a gun in the car. And he and all he said was, that's cool. Thanks for telling me. Uh, no problem. That's all he said. And then he gave me my ticket for speeding. But other than that... <laughs> <laughs> he did, <laughs> but but you know, were you, were you drug out of the car? Were you cuffed until no. they figured out what was the exactly? Not at so, all. It was no, he actually told he actually told Troy he was doing like one or two. Was it one or two over what he normally would have pulled over? Yeah, he said if you come through here fourteen and under in my area, you ain't getting pulled over. He said because they're all doing. 15 and up, he said, they're the ones I get. And I was doing 19 over, so stupid. <laughs> I, was, I was dumb. It was stupid. That was a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. We, we, here in Indiana, over or if you're 9 or below, you're right. 10 or above, or what is it, 10 or more, you're, you're mine or something. I Do you, do you radar and, and pull people over for that, or you just strictly DOT enforcement? You don't, do you don't radar the, the uh, truck drivers at all, or do you? I do. Oh, you I do. do. Yeah, um, I'm I'm trooper, so I'm full fledged. I got the radar, laser, laser gun, all the all the. He's good got toys, all the toys. So. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, I want to thank you for for clearing that up because that's been a big thing. And, and anybody that questions us from now, I'm just going to tell them to go listen to this podcast. Right. Um. So I got the the next Ruth ends jumping out of her skin to ask a question, but I wanted to go to that other yeah. topic. Yeah, there's like like two questions left, and they're both pretty good good ones. So do you do you want to ask it or do you? Can I ask the one? Which one do you want to ask him? Um. I want to ask ahead. Marcos. Marcos caught co- co- oh, question. Marcos. Right. Marcos asked. Marcos what? You have to read the guy's last name. Well, I'm He's really, one of our viewers. I'm really horrible with names. Dominguez? Well, that's, that Dominguez? Dom- you know Dom- what? At least mm-hmm. you tried. Okay. It says, what do you do when the shipper receiver takes so long that it makes you run out of hours in their property, and then they proceed to kick you off their property via local police? Okay. Um, Good question. So, absolutely. Great question. Great question. So, I'm going to kind of give some background back up from the question, and then... Well, basically, we're going to pull forward, and we're going to back in the loading dock and answer that question. Okay. So trucking, trucking metaphor. All right. So let's pull forward, and let's analyze it. So um, 
So what we've got here is the classic case of the shipper has basically told you be there at 4 o'clock. You got there at 4 o'clock, and guess what? You're, you come rolling in at 3.30, and they say whatever, and they park you there for eight hours. You run out of time. Mm-hmm. So um, they get you loaded, and then the classic, all right, you can't spend, you know, <laughs> you need to get the heck of our property. So under the new personal conveyance rules, all right, one of the things they did clear up a little bit was you can PC to a safe haven. So basically, um, you get loaded, you are out of time, you check your GPS, whatever, you're familiar with the area, there's a truck stop. Um, uh, within a short distance somewhere you can go that's going to be a safe haven for you to park, you can do that under personal conveyance. I have a question on that real quick, just a, a sub-question. Go, go ahead. Okay, the, mm-hmm. under the personal conveyance, I'm reading that a driver may not proceed towards any business. Like, for example, if their next pickup is east, they can't go east to find rest. They have to go west. Is that correct? Um, it's, that's kind of... Sticky. That's kind of in that closest safe haven, closest safe haven. So if there's something um, you you know good and well, there's something five minutes, but you chose to go 20 minutes the direction, and the, that officer stops you the next day and has an intimate working area and go, well, why didn't you go here versus there? You could be hemmed up for that, possibly. Um, so that is something, but something else, to kind of think about was with the personal conveyance, what we've been seeing a lot of and guys are getting false logbooks for is they're running to a destination. They run out of time and they continue from when they ran out of time to that destination. They're going, well, that was an area to park or that was this or that. No, you can't do that. But in this situation, You've been at a shipper, you're looking for somewhere to park. That's a lot more stretchable working within that. Hmm. I know that's kind of kind of discombobulated, but hopefully that makes sense. So is there a limit? You're just running down the road and you run out of time, you need to pull over and park immediately. If you're at a shipper receiver and you run out of time, you can PC a short distance to wherever is the most immediate safe place to stop and take a break. What, do you, what would you consider, um, like with some of the areas, they're pretty, I don't want to say like they're very, like maybe limited or like certain areas in New England where. Like Montana, where yeah. the next rest area is yeah. 150 miles. You got, right? you've, well, you've got certain areas where, or it might be crowded where they can't really get to that, you know, they get there, but there's no spot. So they have to go to the next spot. What would you, what would you say is like a reasonable, we don't bat much eyes at this kind of distance or this time frame, but try not to go over this because then you're really pulling it up. Well, and, and I had, when they, I, I was on the edge of my seat myself when they were talking about redoing the personal demands and, and I was like everybody else. I was excited. And when it finally got released, there was a few shortcomings that I was hoping for that didn't get answered. And the distance was one of them. And the biggest thing I can tell drivers out there is on your ELDs is document, document, document. Because that documentation is going to save you down the road. Because four or five days later, we're reviewing your ELDs, we're reviewing your hours of service, and we're like, well, you could have stopped here. Well, you've got it documented, parking lot totally full. (laughs) 
two right. islands, totally full, you know, exit ramps. But I did get it here, and this was, you know, and you shut down within that reasonable amount of time. So what we're what we are seeing is those guys that will go personal advance, and they're running two, four, six hours, and they're using that excuse. Well, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, and but these are these are areas like central Indiana. Right. Okay, well, in four six hours, I'm totally from the north end of the state to the other end of the state, and you're trying to tell me you couldn't find anywhere <laughs> to you know now now if it was Montana stretches like that Texas, that's you know that's outside of my realm. That's something I'm going to document, send up the chain, and let let somebody with a higher pay grade than me decipher all that but a lot of it is just common sense and documents documents so you hear that drivers always write down what's going on when you get to where you would consider a safe haven if it's full or you know whatever the purpose is that you can't stay there and you have to move on document it so that the troopers that are looking at this stuff can yeah just honest communication i mean and then just let the chips lie where they fall that's all you can do there it is it is. It's it's so much easier to sit there and say, hey, um, or be up front. You know, the officer goes says, hey, can I see your ELDs? Yeah, sure, man. Two days ago, here's the issue I ran into. I had to go from here, see where it's graphed here. Um, I went to Flying J. They were totally full. I went to across the street to the pilot. Um, half the parking lot was tore up, so I went five miles to whatever and found a spot to park and then we're looking at it all that jives up it's going to help you out you know so local police can take you off their property but you can use your pc to get to a safe haven yes and and never i hear situations of drivers getting in altercations with the local police um you know where well you got to be dot if you're not dot you don't know nothing or or um you know, I ain't going to open the door because I'm on my federal break and all that. And it's like, again, back to the common sense. Mm-hmm. Open the door, communicate with them because too many times you get, you, you ruffle the feathers and <laughs> there's going to be consequences for that. So just open the door, talk with them, be honest with them, work with them. They may, they know the area. They may be able to say, you know what, if you go down here, I know the old man that runs this gas station. Go in there, park. If he says something, tell him, officer, so-and-so sent you. He'll leave you be, and, and you'll be out the next morning. You know, I've got my little areas around around where I patrol. I know where I can stick a truck for a few hours, 10 hours, you know. Mm-hmm. So work with, work with those assets, and, and they're probably going to help you out and work with you. Yeah, even if you ask the officers or any place that you can recommend, they might, like you said, that be able to do that, but... You know, you don't know unless you ask. So, well, absolutely. You know, hey, officer, is there an area where I can park for ten hours and not wake up with the the tires and wheels missing off my truck? You know, they they may be able to give you that helpful tip. You know, actually, it, you you just made me think of another question. I really want to ask this. This is like one that it's always bothered. Yeah, this is always bothering me. This this is this has more to do with Virginia, and I know you probably can't answer for them, but Virginia's always had this law. In their rest areas, I think it's a four-hour law. So a truck driver pulls in; he's out, he's got to take his break. He pulls in there; 
After four hours, they're knocking on your door, waking you up and telling you to go on down the road. That's against federal. That's a federal offense, isn't it, to, to disturb a truck driver on his 10-hour break? Uh, not, it, it, it's, not a, uh, it's not a federal offense. Um, the offense would be that, yes, you got to have your 10 hours. I've never really understood that myself because I'm like, but I can see some states going, we're running rest parks for you come in, take a nap, use the restroom, refresh yourself, and move along. So, but then again, I, I've never really understood that either. It's like federal rules say you got to stop for 10 hours. After four, you're sending them down the road. But Especially if that's a safe haven. You know, if that's the only place that they could stop and without getting in trouble, you know, it makes it difficult for a driver. Just kind of odd. It's almost like an oxymoron. It, it kind of is, but I think we've been in it long enough. There's a lot of oxy. You know, there's a lot of <laughs> moron. contradictory. She said morons. You know, so, so, I mean, we, we, we could sit here for the next four hours comparing notes on, well, one regulation says this, and the other regulation says this, so what exactly is it? So, you know. So, uh, here's a good one. Here's the question that I, I want. In fact, we were tackling this the other day, and it's, it's huge. The question is, and again, if you're not an expert on it, I'm fine with that. Alcohol. Okay. Okay. On a truck driver's time off, and and we all know that every truck stop sells beer and all other good stuff. Okay. One of the one of the big arguments right now, all over social media, with, with truck drivers, is can a truck driver legally? Because we've pulled up the rules, and it does not seem to be too clear in the DOT book on can a truck driver actually be on his break, sitting in a truck stop with an open beer in his cab? Is it prohibited or is it legal? It would be legal. It would be legal. I thought it was. Um, so what what we're going to be looking at is I've got a roadside stop. I just stopped the driver. I go up, and now that open container is sitting in the front cup holder. Is sitting on the sleeper floor. He's got his you know um, he's got his alcohol sitting out, and now I'm looking at it and. You know, we can do quick PBT, determine if he's got any concentration of alcohol, because that's the big thing is, um, of course, everybody knows, oh, well, car legal limits, 0.08. Well, commercial motor vehicle, 0.04, or anything, or for state of Indiana, 0.04 in a commercial motor vehicle, you'd be charged OWI just like 0.08 in a car. And then with the federal regulations, it's any presence of alcohol. So he says, well, I, I drank a six-pack last night at the truck stop. Okay, not an issue. But here, blowing this, and he's .01, that's a measurable percent of alcohol. So now he's considered under the influence. He's going to be placed out of service for 24 hours. And then the big headache of what, what avalanche that's going to bring down on him. So my big thing there is, like anything else, use some common sense. If uh, you're grilling out at the truck stop and you want to drink a beer or two with your steak, go right ahead. But don't overconsume. Throw away your trash appropriately. Don't have the beer bottles when you open the side box to get the fire extinguisher to show the inspector six beer cans fall out. You know, <laughs> pick up, you know, don't overconsume and be smart about it. Um, and then the big thing is, um, don't have 
that type of stuff within your reach. Um, try to buy a limited amount, consume it, and get rid of it. Um, the big gray area is, well, say uh, you've got some in your mini fridge in your sleeper. Is that considered possession? Well, it, that's up to local jurisdictions to, to dicker over. So you're saying, are you saying they're allowed to be parked with it, but they're not really supposed to be going down the road with it? Is that, I mean, because it's, that's, it's a that's sticky more the gray area. Yeah. That's more the gray area that you get into because when you're parked and you're on your break, it, it's kind of like um, that's your home. So you're kind of a little more free to do about at your home. But once you're started in that driver's seat going down the road, now you're the commercial motor vehicle driver. You know, you're not hanging out, camping out. You're you're the professional behind the wheel. And some jurisdictions I have heard, they they may prosecute having some alcohol. A, a lot of that is just done locally. But like I said, if, if I stumble across something and he's in possession, first thing I'm going to do is really do a good thorough interview, test him, and if he's all zeros, Great, have a good one. Right, they they but can't have any measurable content in their have system. Any measurable in their system. So no. I did read. That. Um, yeah, it was like one percent. So, and and I've had guys ask me, "Hey, I'm going out west, and there's this one type of beer that I grew up with that we can't get out east, <laughs> and I want to buy a case or two and bring it back." And I'm like, "Try to get that thing as far away from your driver's compartment, you know." And he's like, I'll just put it in the storage boxes in the on my trailer. Hey, as long as you're basically getting that to where it's not right there within your reach or within your immediate possession, that's what that's going to help you make sure you're on the right side of things. I did read. I did read that it did say that it's only for the transportation as cargo. So I think you may have something there. You really are better off not having it in your cab at all, zero, it, when you're moving. Exactly, because like I said, there's some guys, they'll look into that, and other guys, you know, <laughs> you, you, you know, you bought a six-pack, you drank two last night, you're fine today, um, you know, and you're dividing it up. It's the ones that... The other thing, the other thing I was going to say is you had mentioned on the gun laws that you know you you really need to make sure with your company. Well, I can assure you that you probably can't find a trucking company that permits their drivers to have alcohol in that cab ever at all because of their representation of the company. And second off, obviously, if if you're giving drivers permission to even have it on their time off in the cab, and something does happen, now you're liable because you gave them permission. It could come back to you. So so really, when it comes down to it. It's, it's probably more owner-operators that are more free and clear to do that at the truck stops because your big companies like England and Swift and all those big guys, I guarantee you, they're, they're all watching the snitch on each other anyways when it comes to having a beer in the, in the vehicle. Absolutely. You're exactly right. I got a question. Exactly right. The, um, Absolutely. The 1% that they can end up popping with um, with the federal, the... The old rumor of Listerine, if they, you know, if they're Good a person question. that uses Listerine, does that honestly give them enough percentage to where it shows any kind of consumption? In a breathalyzer, it should. Um, uh, that comes back to some common sense. Um, 
And from what I, and this is going back into my training in DWI and breath, breath machines and, and certification in my home state, um, mouthwash is one of those things as quickly as it evaporates, you would literally have to put it in your mouth, rinse it, and spit or swallow it, and be basically tested within a minute to a few minutes so, for it to show anything. So they can't um, use that excuse for you? No, okay. no, because it's like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt that you just took a swig because you want to be polite and have minty fresh breath <laughs> for our interaction. <laughs> that but, was considerate since you had garlic for lunch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that was very considerate of you, but I'm going to come back with my little device in a few minutes and we're going to check you again. <laughs> and after a few minutes, I check you again, and they're going up or staying or, or whatever. Now we've got some issues. Now there's, you know, extra strong or something else added to it. But, but yeah, that, that excuse, that's been around for a long time, and that's not a good, that's not an excuse or anything valid to try to hang your hat on. So I have one last thing I'd like to talk about. Oh, yes, absolutely. I've been reading over the last probably two years, and, and I'm sure you're aware of the big human trafficking thing. Um, oh, yeah. And, you know, trucking is a big part of it now. There's a lot of watchdogs out there watching for it. And I noticed the state of Tennessee and California, they were the first two that are actually the state troopers are working with the trucking industry. They're working with trucking groups and really showing them how to spot, you know, somebody that would be in trouble. I mean, there's a couple famous cases where a truck driver saved somebody now, you know, that was actually kidnapped and was being used in the sex trade. Um are, is Indiana, uh, are, are your troopers working with them? Do you personally work with it? Is there a program that you guys are involved in with truckers? Yes. Um, we are We are actively working with the Truckers Against Trafficking organization. Um, we have any, any chance we get, uh, we've more or less mandated that any outreach that we do to trucking companies, we include a few minutes to talk about that. Um, every one of our scales are packed with the information. We hand out the stickers. We're doing that. And actually, um, to kind of throw in props to Iowa, they've got the Iowa uh, model that they're basically touting to where um, anybody that goes through their CDL testing, like you got to go through a CDL test through the state to get your CDL, that that required schooling, you go through a couple-hour block on truckers against trafficking. Uh, whenever you renew your CDL, they send you information, a wallet card, stickers, and stuff. And and they've they the truckers against trafficking organizations even expanded that into the buses and motor coach uh, organizations. Um, so so yes, Indiana, we're a big partner with that. Um, all of our roadside inspectors has gone through a four-hour class um, on that topic. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a phenomenal organization. If anybody's listening, I highly suggest get on your smartphone, download the Truckers Against Trafficking app. It's free, and it's kind of one of those download it and forget about it type things. And, and let me explain why I'm saying that, because... Basically, you download it, you forget about it, and then if you see something, 
boom, that sparks, hey, I've got my app. And you can pull that app up, and it gives you all the information, gives you phone numbers, hotlines, things to look for, and it's right there at the tip of your fingers. So, so yes, and I, I encourage everybody. You, you, may, you may think you will never run across something like that, but you may be that one person that two weeks from now sees something mm-hmm. and calls and, and does something. So, and like I said, and and they they do say that you if you want to be anonymous, you can, but be as informative as you can be. Don't simply call and say, I'm at exit 201 on I-65 in Indiana, something looks funny, click. <laughs> you know, stay on, stay on the Check line. Check it out. <laughs> be, be descriptive. You know, tell them what you see. Tell them what, you know, if there was an interaction or if you saw something. Stay on the line, give that information. Um, but, yeah, like I said, they've got that free app. I've downloaded it. I encourage everybody to download it. Like I said, it's free. You download it, you kind of forget about it, and then if you ever see something, you know, hey, boom, you got that app, and you can go from there. That's so. great. No, I, I'm. I, we, are, we are both very, very big. Yeah, we're advocates on, on I mean, we, we – I'm I'm waiting. I want to do an interview with them just to make sure. And we want they have that that trailer that they pull. Mm-hmm. And I want to I want to do a walkthrough with that. I want to video it for drivers. Oh, they 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 love it. They love it. I've uh, I've been in with the the head lady um, when I participated at NACE or North American Inspection Competition. We went through the four hour block. Um, they came to Indianapolis this past uh, fall went through the four hour block and, uh, and like I said, they're reaching out. Um, and, and this is, and, and tapping the, the American trucking industry. I mean, who else can, can start at one location at the beginning of the week, travel across the country and come back and cover those, you know, so it, it's, right. it's an awesome, it's right. an awesome thing. It's it an is. awesome thing. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this up here soon. Um, boy, I tell you, I could talk to you all night, but I I, uh, I want to invite you back again. I mean, I would love to bring you on a couple times a year if you have the time and, you know, kind of be like our our confidant, you know, uh, for technical questions if you would ever accept that offer. Hey, I, I, would, I would love that. I would love that. Uh, I participate on the serious uh, road dog trucking they do an ask the law Who, who's, a couple times a month. Who's road dog um, trucking? Um, they're <laughs> do we know serious. That? Who's serious? <laughs> he's being a he's a, he's being a smart. Well, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> not, yeah, I'm not trying to, but but you know, and I've been on different podcasts. Well, this type of format, I love it. Um, yes, absolutely. If, if you guys get a bank questions, um, most evenings I'm free, so please, please. Uh, feel free to do that. Well, listen, as we're going out the door here, do you have any, you know, any advice to give to, uh, you know, the drivers out there? I mean, you've really given them a heads up and a bunch of tips out there. We really appreciate that. But do you have any advice that we didn't cover, you know, for drivers, you know, pulling into your uh, area tomorrow, into the web? (laughs) Um, I just, I just want to encourage the, the guys out there, men and women out there, just keep your head up. Um, 
it, right now everybody's painting this bleak picture, but just keep your head up. Uh, people notice what you're doing. Um, people are proud of what you're doing. Um, I'm proud of what they're doing, you know. And uh, if if you're getting stopped for an inspection, hey, we've got a job to do. You've got a job to do. Don't don't approach it with a negative attitude or anything. And and you know what? The big thing is ask ask questions. If and by asking questions, ask common sense questions. You know, um, if if you notice them looking at an area or inspecting a certain thing. Ask them, hey, what what exactly are you looking for? What do you do? You know, put put some interest and passion in what you're doing, and that's going to reflect positive, hey, you know, um, on that. So, trooper, I forgot one thing your your catch yes. your catchphrase. I mean, you've actually taught me a little. Um, your catchphrase, dry, powdery rust. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. th- you know, there's some more advice for these guys. Follow the dry, powdery rust and pre-trip, pre-trip, pre-trip. You know, pre-trip. if these guys would just just look the truck over, you can save yourself a lot of headaches, especially like you said, and how hard is it to, to catch a rubbing air hose? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, exactly. And, and my my wife, she's going to roll her eyes, but I'm, I need to get a T-shirt that says, Dry powdery rust, you know. But uh, but yeah. Ruth Ann but, makes T-shirts. It. It, exactly. Somebody out there make a make a T-shirt. Dry powdery rust. Officer Hoover send it my way. But uh, but yeah, it, it's just like just stand back, look, look for those little things. Preacher, preacher, preacher. Slow down. Take some time. Look some things over. You know, it it. It may save you a headache down the road. And and you guys have been doing this a long time. Yeah, a tire could blow and go flat or, you know, a light could just burn out or something like that. But the vast majority of what we're finding and placing out of service is stuff that didn't just happen. You know, it's stuff that it takes a while to happen. Well, um, I got a piece of advice for you drivers out there. Make it about your brother instead of yourself. If we all watch mm-hmm. out for each other, I'm going to, this is my example, Ruth Ann, and you've heard me bitch about this, you know, uh, back in the day, she looked at me when I used that word. Um, the, the drivers going into a drop yard where we have like, say a, a, a trucking company has a, a, a yard where they have maybe 50 trailers and a lot of drivers, they might know a lights out or a tires flat or whatever the case is. Instead of getting it fixed, they don't write it up. They just drop it in that yard. And then the next poor driver that gets that trailer that he's supposed to pick up, he goes to pick that up. There's a flat there's a light out and and all because you had it get it fixed get it fixed for the next guy look out for each other and and guess what it'll be a definitely a better place to work mm-hmm. oh absolutely um like i saw a saw a headline on facebook about a month ago that was like oh uh, this uh foreign driver came up with tools and and helped another driver get a truck running and he was like, well, why, you know, and more or less it was like, well, why did you do this? And he was like, well, in my country, if truck breaks, you know, we fix and we all drive down, you know. But it's like how sad is it that just an act of kindness that should be happening every day is the highlight, is the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 that's just, in, in my mind, that's, no, that should just be an everyday every day and I, i'm not saying stop and try to rebuild the guy's motor along the road but you know <laughs> hey you okay you got a cell phone is you know um 
Is there anything? Or are these guys... Uh, it's like the bandits. You know, the bandits are bringing in it back, trying to bring it back old school. Yeah, there's a there's a group out there called the Long Haul Bandits, and in order to join them, you have to document X amount of hours of you going into a truck stop and cleaning up garbage, uh, or you can't join them. That's what they're all about, bringing back old school. And I know a lot of trucking companies have rules where, okay, if somebody's broke down on the side of the road, old school trucking was, hey, man, two, three trucks are going to pull over to see if that guy needs help. But we all have cell phones. If you see a, a guy on the side of the road, you can you can Bluetooth real quick and use your Siri. Hey, Siri, call New England or call Swift or whoever is on the side of the road. Hey, I see you got one broke down at the, at the 155 on Highway 70, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You could be helping a brother trucker just by making a phone call. You don't have to pull over if it's against your company rules yeah and and thing is you know you see all these videos guys are mocking guys for not being able to back or do something else and it's like you know if you get off your phone go out and offer some help you know Mm -hmm. and not saying that they're willingly going to accept it but hey at least you at least you offer well not only that but you change that you change the the whole vibe of the thing you know if the guy's trying to do something and he's looking up and he sees you recording him all you're doing is making him more upset or more nervous it's oh, gotta or, be frustrating you know you get yeah if you put it exactly. down exactly exactly or or if you're the one that is having trouble and you do see somebody walk up don't be a butthead about it maybe they're they're trying they could be trying to help right yeah. you know i've i've ran across a bunch of old school drivers they're like you know <laughs> They're sitting there waiting to get loaded for X amount of hours. So, and they want to get out of the truck, walk around, and say, "Hey, why don't you back in like this or try it like this?" Or and now, you know, there's 20 years, 40 years of trucking experience helping out this poor guy that's got two years experience. Mm-hmm. You know, so so don't be quick to blow this person off if they're trying if they're willing to help. Yeah, because and and that's killed a lot of it too. I talk to guys who are like, well, I'd love to get out and help, but right. every time I've offered, they've told me to piss off or whatever else. Yeah, I've heard that before, too. Yeah. And it's like, and that's a shame, too. And that's a shame, too. So, well, um, Ruth Ann, you ready to wrap this up? Yeah, let's let Master I, Trooper Hoover listen, finish his night. I, I, you mean Sensei. Listen, <laughs> we, we, we have an hour and 12 minutes on this pod. That's like double of what we normally do. He was interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I it was really good. That's, that's my apologies there. Yeah, and Ruth We didn't Ann. notice. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, let's wrap it up. Uh, you're invited back. Uh, we'll, we'll communicate, you know, through the uh, uh, messenger like we've been. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we, you know, maybe we'll stack up some more questions, Ruth Ann, next month. Uh, invite them back on. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome to be able to pick somebody's mind. What's really cool is you're picking the brain of the guy that can s- recite most of the actual rules versus listening to the drivers. It's like you listen to 10 drivers and everyone's going to quote the rule differently. <laughs> but that's because we're drivers. You know, we all know everything. Twelve so, it all. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, yeah, I encourage any, anybody listening, come to the Indiana State Police Facebook page. Uh, give us a like, follow um, and and use that messenger. If you got questions, send me a question. I I love to help. I love to answer those questions. And and absolutely, you got my number. 
uh, feel free to send me a text or whatever. And uh, if you got just a random question that, you know, a viewer or someone of yours has chimed in, they need help on, let me know. And, and I'd love to love to uh, come back and be a guest any anytime you're willing to have me. Oh, thank you. That's a, an open-ended uh, invitation. Ruthann, let's just wrap this up. I mean, it's been such a great pod. You know what they always say, leave while you're invited back. So I'm going to leave. Uh, so... <laughs> Um, uh, awesome. Thank you again, Trooper Hoover. And again, everybody that's uh, following Talks EDL uh, or following the podcast, go ahead over to Indiana State Police or State Patrol and like and follow Trooper Hoover. He posts videos. Uh, you'll really love the, 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 the page. He posts videos. He posts pictures of all of his work. Not all of it, but random pieces of his work. And uh, it's, it's, he's one of the DOT officers that's really on the side of the industry and, and trying to make a positive impact. Ruthann, do you have anything else you want to say? It's been a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you. Again, thank you, Trooper Hoover. We're gonna, our, our catchphrase is, Ruthann, how are we going to get out of here? Peace. Peace. Love it. Love it. Thank you, guys, and you have a wonderful evening. You also. Thank you. Praise the Lord. All right. Thank you.